Welcome to Season 6 of Sundays with Wendy, Exploring Energy Medicine. My name is Wendy Goldberg, and I'm founder of the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation. This season, we explore the field of energy medicine with Dr. Charlene Hudson. She is owner of Beach Osteopathy and has more than 16 years of experience as a practitioner of osteopathic medicine, serving Hampton Roads since 2014. Along the way, she has acquired the necessary skills and knowledge to provide effective alternative medical treatments that routinely enhance her clients' health and fitness. Remaining rooted deeply in her love of science, Dr. Hudson also has a gift for seeing the ways science can be used for healing that is more subtle and at the forefront. She thrives on sharing her accumulated knowledge and assisting patients in the return process to that inner balance of health. Treating adults as well as embracing the playful and spirited nature of children, she supports the whole family. Her love for supporting all ages in their health journey provides constant motivation, and she remains an avid learner of new and old techniques that have strong patient outcomes, offering powerful, life-changing healing modalities. Dr. Hudson graduated magna cum laude from UC San Diego with a BS in biology. She received her doctorate from New York College of Osteopathic Medicine in 2004. Since graduating, she has taken numerous postgraduate courses in traditional hands-on osteopathy in the United States and Europe. She is a proud member of the American Osteopathic Association. Listen in as we discuss what is energy medicine, the various types, how it is used, and how it can help heal. Exploring healing is at the heart of our work at the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation. Thank you for listening. To learn more, visit BenjaminGoldbergFoundation.org. Welcome back, Dr. Hudson. Thank you. It's lovely to be here today. This is our last episode of the season. I know I'm sad. I know. It's evolved really well. And we have definitely talked about the formality. We have shared data and experiences. But today we wanted to talk about how do you really trust the information that you were receiving in a session? So can you share with us what that means to receive information when you're with a patient? Okay. So for me, when a patient walks in, sometimes I'll feel what they're feeling in their body. Some alternative practitioners will call it mirroring. Most of the time, I don't feel it until I have my hands on the patient. This is actually something that's really important for anyone who's an empath, fall into that category, obviously, knows and understands. And I'll talk about the limitations and things you need to do. Basically, when I come in, say somebody came in and he said, you know, I have low back pain and I don't know where it's coming from. I lifted something heavy. He's on the table. And I put my hand on his legs and I feel this compression in the right hip. And it feels like something fell on it, but I'm feeling this in my own body. But the key is I know it's not mine because before I sat down with the patient, I didn't have problems in my hip. So here's again, another tidbit for the empaths. If you walk into a room and you were feeling okay before, and all of a sudden you're feeling anxious, panicky, depressed, sad, ask yourself, is this mine? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we're little antennas, you're receiving the information that's in the room. And maybe you have to go back and do one of the clearing techniques we talked about in earlier podcasts. Back to the patient. So I feel that compression And then I'll ask the patient, well, did you fall on your right foot or hip at some point? And oftentimes that pops up with a story. Every once in a while, patient doesn't remember. And then they'll come the next visit and they'll say, oh, you know what? I remember. 
my point is that you need to really check your intuition. I always double check. And if there's at all possible a 3D test that we can do, I order that. So any energy practitioners out here are listening, double check your information. Right. Now, does this apply if the patient isn't necessarily in front of you and maybe you're working remotely with them? It does, actually. And I have a lot of patients who will ask me, well, why does this work? And my explanation is Einstein's famous equation, E equals MC squared, does not include distance. And E is energy, M is mass of the object, and C is the speed of light squared. There's no distance in there. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about energy, there's no distance. It doesn't matter. And that's hard to wrap your head around, but a lot of people have these, you know, if somebody, let's say, just got engaged, you know, you don't know about it yet, but you're like, I feel this excitement in my body. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, your friend calls and says, oh, I just got engaged. We're all connected. And they could be in Bali or Bora Bora. It wouldn't matter. We're still connected. We are. But you also receive it in the form of your gut feelings. Right. Yes. And these gut feelings I have about patients aren't necessarily unique to me or energy medicine practitioners. Many of my DO and MD colleagues have learned to trust their gut when all else fails. And I've seen them order tests that didn't make total sense if you were just following the A plus B equals C algorithm of patient care. And most of the time I saw the testing confirm the doctor's gut feeling to be correct. And I've heard lots of my colleagues who don't practice energy medicine say, you know what, the patient just doesn't look right. I'm going to order this extra test. And they're usually right. I think we all have an intuitive side. We just have to decide to give it a voice. Wendy, were there any times where your intuition helped you in your career or with the foundation? Oh, yeah, all, all the time. And I think when I allowed myself to trust it, it just becomes actively a part of everything I do. And I'd like to call them knowingnesses. Let's say I have a decision to make and I kind of approach it from an energetic standpoint. So let's say there's A and B. So I kind of sit with A and what does that feel like? I project out me doing A and is that expansive? Is it light? Is it easy? And then maybe I'll do B and is that constrictive and tight? And generally it is so spot on. I can just make a decision so easily. And what that does when you trust it, we're really just empowering ourselves. It does take that external chaos away because I no longer seek out opinions when I'm going to do something because I'm the best voice or the best judge for my decisions. And, and if you can find a way to trust what's coming through and really make those decisions from an internal place, it'll never steer you wrong. Absolutely. In our society right now, with all the information, Instagram and Google and TV, and I think it's really, really important that we all put ourselves in the little bubble and trust our inner knowing. And I tell patients that when they sit down, I say, you know, your body best, you live in your body. I can just mm -hmm. give you advice from my bubble of knowledge, but at the end of it all, they have to make the decision that works for them and to follow their own inner knowing. So important. Can you share a story with us in a way that you have trusted that information? Sure. Happy to do that. I have a good one about my niece who 
around Christmas last year began vomiting randomly. She started having bloody diarrhea and she was always complaining of tummy pain. She was pale. It just became a sickly child. It was so sad. And my sister was in and out of the children's hospital where she lived with my niece. And eventually after all this testing, the doctors told my sister, they thought my niece had ulcerative colitis. And my gut feeling was that wasn't quite right. Not that the doctors were wrong, but there was something else there. I just knew this wasn't a lifelong problem. I had this strong internal sense that it was a fixable problem. And my sister had the same feeling. But until we could prove our internal knowing, my niece kept getting prescribed different medications, none of which seemed to make any difference in her symptoms. My sister and I had an internal knowing, but we had to test it. I regularly order what I fondly call a poop test. It's Mm -hmm. called the GI map. So when I met my sister and nieces in Utah last year, I brought along one of these GI map boxes they have in my office. And I gave it to my sister and said, let's try this. And thankfully she was like, okay, great, let's do it. Because sometimes it's hard to get patients to make that decision. And a few weeks later, when we got the results of her GI map back, we got confirmation of our intuition. The test showed that my niece had not one, but two parasites in her gut. That was our fixable problem for those of you outside the medical field. We found a gentle herbal antiparasitic treatment that my niece took every day, despite its taste. And several months later, she started to have regular stools, gaining weight, growing taller, and getting back to her normal, happy, healthy self. I saw her again recently, now almost a year later, after doing the GI map, and she's a totally different kid. And in the week I spent with her, I did not hear her complain about her tummy once. So this little bit of outside the box thinking or an awareness of receiving this information is, wow. It changes the story. Mm -hmm. Now, do you believe when we talk about energy and medicine that there is a spiritual aspect to it? I suppose that's up to how people interpret what they perceive as energy medicine. But I do believe there is a spiritual aspect to energy medicine. I believe that when Jesus performed miracles, he was using his extremely high vibrational love energy to help heal people. And for me, my healing work is a service, a spiritual service and part of my purpose. And energy medicine and energy healing, actually, in many ancient religions and indigenous populations, the spiritual teachers of the community are the same people that do energy healing for the community. Do you agree, Wendy, that? there's a spiritual aspect to energy medicine. What do you think? I do. And I can speak to it as a Reiki master in my work with people forming Reiki. And I like to describe it this way. You know, Wendy kind of gets out of the way and I allow myself to be a channel for what we describe in the Reiki community is life force energy that is coming through and doing the healing. And so I could share so many stories, but it is so powerful so, so powerful. So I have to believe that what is coming through and people have different names for it, you know, universe, God, light, but there is something higher coming through and delivering that information. Yes, I agree. And to your point earlier about the remote piece, we use mantras and symbols as well in distance work with people. 
And I'd say at least a couple of times a month, people will send me a text or reach out and say, maybe something has happened to one of their pets or someone in their family has fallen ill. Can you send Reiki? And I do. And I always get amazing response back. Love that. And when we were talking earlier, I was mentioning this, that if you talk to energy medicine practitioners who do both in-person and remote treatments, most of the time they say the remote treatments are more powerful over a shorter period of time. Our conscious mind is like, wait, no, that can't be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the mysteries of medicine and why it works. I've heard the term um, non-local mm-hmm. as another way of perceiving that we all are connected, like you said. So that energy exists and we're just creating the pathway, I think, sometimes to connect it. It's about connection and knowing Mm -hmm. that there's no distance. So with all of that being said, what do you think is the future of energy medicine? I think it's good. (laughs) In the 20 years that I've been practicing medicine, I've seen the medical community and the patient population become more and more open to alternative healing modalities. When I began studying medicine, My parents were like very concerned that I was going to study osteopathic medicine as opposed to allopathic medicine. And that's because at the time, this osteopathic was still considered a little bit alternative and not the same caliber as allopathic medicine, but they've since grown to enjoy my healing hands. But my patients are seeking me out now specifically as an osteopathic practitioner because I have the skills and the training that I do. And even more so now, I think post-COVID, people are willing to step outside what they normally would do because we've gone through this period of time where allopathic medicine didn't have a lot to help treat what was going on. Although a lot of my DO colleagues were talking about it, I think a lot of people weren't getting the, okay, like, let's prevent this, take your vitamin C. You know, it was just like, hey, well, let's hope you don't catch this. So I think that's helped people to be more open. And now at the Ben Goldberg Foundation, we're helping support programs that support the energy of the patient and the healthcare practitioner, the caregiver. And I remember being in the meeting where we were talking about that. And I was so excited that you you had researched where we were going to be doing art therapy for healthcare practitioners as well, because burnout is just so high right now in the healthcare profession. And burnout really is nothing more than not having enough energy left in your energy bubble for yourself, for your systems to function, and to share with others by healing modalities. And that's why it's so important, you know, to do these things like the art therapy or yoga, meditation, any of these energy practices, even breathing, to help healthcare practitioners maintain their own energy Mm -hmm. and patients as well for healing. Absolutely. I like to describe it just because I had spent so many years, you know, in a hospital setting, working with medical staff. And I always felt like, of course, you want to focus on the patient. And then you have a caregiver who could be family, but it could be medical staff. And I saw when those two things are in complete alignment and everyone is working together, and let's just say their energy is working together, the day went better, the treatment went better, and maybe the story was better. Our shift this year at the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation is really bringing in arts and health, but in our developing sorting programming, we are focusing on both patient and caregiver programs. So we're very excited to help where there's need. I love that. Heal the healing tribe. 
That's right. So more to come on that. But for those of you who don't know, Dr. Hudson was one of the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation founding board members, and we are so grateful for your service and support and as a medical advisor, but also to come on these podcasts and share this really important information with our audience. Thank you. You're welcome. I've really enjoyed it. Then just a little tidbit for next season seven will be interviews with caregivers to get aspects from their side about what goes on in a patient experience, insights on helping children and families on their medical journey. So stay tuned until next time. This information offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you should have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay obtaining medical or health-related advice from your healthcare professional because of something you may have heard on this podcast. The use of any information provided is solely at your own risk.